0: All the latest business news from WA delivered daily at close of business news briefing.
1: Good afternoon and welcome to the at close of business podcast. I'm Isabel Vieira with your Wednesday news headlines. On the third anniversary of the destruction of Jukun Gorge, Indigenous groups have hailed the Jawal Native Title Agreement as setting a new standard with a number of firsts. The agreement, announced on Monday, has been commended for the way it strengthens the Jawal people's rights to protect their culture, heritage and country. National Native Title Council CEO Jamie Lowe described the agreement as groundbreaking. It includes monetary compensation of more than $25 million and multiple other benefits, including the transfer of crown land and rights over to the Jawal Conservation Estate. The Joal negotiation team was led by Cato Muir, who was both the Jawal native title holder and chair of the National Native Title Council. Mr Muir said the agreement cements the voices of the Joal people in all decision-making processes on matters affecting their country, including tenure, heritage and the environment. It coincided with today marking three years since mining giant Rio Tinto destroyed the Jukan Gorge rock shelters one of the most important cultural heritage places for the local Indigenous people. In property news, CBH Group has purchased the Geraldton Motor Inn for $4.1 million with plans to provide accommodation for its workers in the regional town. The grain handler, which has an office in Geraldton and operates out of its port, bought the 113 brand highway property from Blasket Pty Ltd. JLL Hotels and Hospitality Group brokered the deal for the 60-room hotel, which features a bar, restaurant and drive-through bottle shop. A CBH spokesperson said the purchase would support the cooperative strategy designed to help lift its WA export capacity to a maximum of three million tonnes per month by 2033. And in other news, aspirations to build aquatic facilities in the Perth metropolitan area struggled to stay afloat with the proposed South Perth pool now dead in the water. The City of South Perth Council last night voted to drop the $80 million recreation and aquatic facility plan after estimating a capital shortfall and failing to obtain state government funding. The proposed facility was to be built at Collier, park golf course and was expected to include a 50-metre swimming pool, indoor sports court, a climbing wall, a gym, a golf driving range, a mini golf course, a cafe or restaurant. In a report to Council, the City's planning officers said the estimated cost for the first stage of the facility had increased from $60 million to about $75 million. City of South Perth Mayor Greg Milner said the decision to not continue with the project would be a disappointment for many community members. And lastly, solar tech company Clearview Technologies is set to receive an up to $2 million grant through the state government's Investment Attraction Fund to advance its manufacturing operations. Clearview is an ASX-listed company which integrates solar technology into windows and building facades to provide renewable energy. The West Perth-based company signed the agreement with the state government under the first round of the $285 million Investment Attraction Fund, which is designed to support economic development and diversification in WA. Clearview is expected to use the $2 million grant to expand its manufacturing operations. That's all from me. Up next on the podcast, journalists Jack McGinn and Liv DeClercq discuss WA's arts industry over the last 30 years.
2: The business world is teeming with opportunities to succeed, and every day is a chance for the ambitious to learn, know and grow. Over recent years, we have built the greatest business journalist team in WA – Delivering you the most trusted, comprehensive, intelligent and up-to-date news across every sector, every platform, every day. No fluff, all informative stuff. At Business News, we believe progress boils down to one simple habit. That is, what you subscribe to today shapes what you will become tomorrow. Subscribe to success. Subscribe to Business News. Visit businessnews.com.au forward slash subscribe for more information.
0: Welcome back to Our Closer Business. I'm Jack McGinn and today I'm joined by Liv Klerk. Liv, how are you?
2: Very well, thank you. How are you?
0: I'm well, thank you. Liv, for the most recent anniversary edition of Business News, uh, you wrote an article reflecting on the past 30 years of the arts industry in Western Australia, speaking to two people with a lot of knowledge and expertise in the area to get an overall picture of, of the art scene and how it's changed. Can you start by telling me a little a bit about Henry Boston and his role in the arts industry over that time?
2: Yeah, of course. So Henry Boston has been an integral leader in the arts industry for more than 30 years, actually. So it seemed necessary to me to reach out to him for this retrospective piece. And he had been in the arts basically his whole career, but he really solidified his place in the arts industry when he was appointed as General Manager of Perth Festival in 1993, which is actually the exact same year Business News was born. Henry later became the inaugural Executive Director for the Chamber of Arts and Culture WA in 2013, which was a role that enabled him to have quite a significant influence on the arts industry and the implementation of art in the WA community. And two years ago in 2021, Henry was officially recognised for his work in the arts when he was awarded a Medal of the Order of Australia for his services.
0: There's probably not many people in the WA arts scene as as experienced as Henry is, so that sounds like a fantastic person to speak to. But another person you spoke to was Helen Carroll-Fairhall, who's been the Manager of West Farmers Arts for nearly 24 years. It's an interesting role. What, What kind of impact has West Farmers had in the arts sector here in Western Australia?
2: Well, West Farmers was one of, if not the first, corporate presence in the arts industry in WA when it started collecting Australian art more than 30 years ago. In terms of the impact the company has had on the arts, I think the length of time for which it has supported the industry has been the most significant contribution. Um, Like you said, I did speak with Helen Carroll-Fairhall, who has been at the helm of the arts branch of West Farmers directing its arts involvement and when I spoke to her she said West Farmers first started supporting the arts at a time when corporate companies weren't really involved in philanthropy just yet especially not in the realm of arts and in the 1980s was when West Farmers first started working with the art gallery of WA to solidify and enhance its commitment to the arts and it remains as a major sponsor of AGWA today. That was something else that Helen also said that West Farmers' role in the arts sector in WA has developed to a point where it's difficult to view West Farmers' identity without its connection and en- enmeshment with arts and culture.
0: It's quite a role that West Farmers has played there. Now, speaking back to Henry Boston and, and some of the things he had to say about government support for the arts, he actually used the term inadequate in describing that. And he said it had remained pretty consistent over the past 30 years. Can you elaborate on that a bit?
2: Yeah, of course. So, obviously, 30 years is such a long time, and when I spoke to Henry, he expressed the significance of this time and said, so much has changed, but he decided to uh, pinpoint what hasn't changed, and he went on to say the government has never really had a long-term cultural development plan for the arts. And Henry said that while he was leading the Chamber of Arts and Culture, the Chamber worked really hard to encourage the state government to implement a strategic plan for the arts. And it got close to activating one in 2016 called Strategic Directions. But then there was a government election and the party in power changed and this plan was basically completely cancelled. Despite this, in February of this year, the federal government has launched a national cultural policy called Revive, which allocated $286 million to be delivered across four years across the nation. Um, this policy is expected to revive the arts industry across Australia as a kind of recovery from the residual impacts of the pandemic. And while this is good news for the national arts industry, there still isn't an arts plan for Western Australia exclusively, which is what Henry said there really should be.
0: It's a little surprised to read that there wasn't something in place. The Looking back over the past 30 years of arts and culture in Western Australia, the the recognition of Indigenous art has been a major shift in the industry. Could you tell me a a little bit more about how this sort of first started to change and shift in?
2: Yeah, of course. So, Uh, Looking back myself at the arts history, I didn't really have any doubts that the biggest shift in WA arts would have been the full recognition and appreciation for not only the beauty and value, but the complete necessity of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander art to our culture and society. So I posed the question to both Henry and Helen, asking them, what has been the most significant change or shift in the history of WA arts? And without hesitation, both of these people said the recognition of Indigenous art and artists and Helen said that embracing Indigenous art was integral because of the way it would deliver a more dynamic and exclusive community, attract new and wider audiences and make artworks of national and international stature. Helen and Henry both referred to visual arts and other art forms but it was the rise of Indigenous performing arts that they both really praised. They both referenced the same musical, Brand New Day, which was written by Indigenous Jimmy Chi which premiered at Perth Festival in February of 1990. And Helen said that this play opened up everyone's eyes to the power of First Nations stories and the hunger people have to learn more about the cultures of Western Australia.
0: It's interesting when you can ask two different people um, with so much experience and expertise in one sector and they come at you straight away with the same answer. It's, it's pretty, uh, pretty telling. Was there anything else that Henry and Helen shared their, their views on?
2: Yeah, a lot of the things they said um, in response to my questions posed to them did overlap. And they both spoke uh, very highly of the arts organisation FORM, which was founded in 1968, and the impact it has had on the WA arts industry over the years. FORM became really well known for engaging not just with artists, but regional communities. And the organisation really led the expansion of arts engagement to remote parts of WA to involve a wider breadth of people in the arts Helen said Forms Arts Delivery Strategy was successful because it responded and continues to respond to the needs of communities and encouraged artists and communities to work collaboratively. Another thing Henry and Helen both had the same thoughts on was Perth Festival's absolute prominence and expertise in delivering some of the greatest arts moments in WA history – In my separate meetings with Henry and Helen, I posed the question, what has been one of the most standout or striking arts moments or events in the past 30 years here in WA? Henry named Bornyawagani, The Trees Speak, as an extraordinary art event in which Aboriginal stories were told on the trees at King's Park at night through three-dimensional projections and animation and lighting effects and sound. And this event was delivered by Perth Festival, of course, in both 2017 and then it was brought back again in 2019 because of its popularity and it ended up being a finalist at the Australian Event Awards in 2019. Helen named Inside Australia as her extraordinary art event in our WA history, which was delivered in 2003 actually by Perth Festival again. And it involved an English sculptor traveling to remote towns near Lake Ballard in the goldfields, And he worked alongside the communities to create a collection of abstract bronze figures, which was based on the people living in that region. The figures were then placed across the salt lakes of Lake Ballard and they remain there today. And Helen said it was a project that had community at his heart looking at place and people who lived there. Speaking with both Henry and Helen was really s- insightful as they both portrayed their personal thoughts and immense arts expertise and it enabled me to really put together a dynamic retrospective article about the arts history over the past 30 years.
0: And a great read as well. So obviously so much has happened in the WA arts scene as you've highlighted over the last 30 years, but but I'm sure there's, there's plenty more to come and I look forward to seeing what the state produces here forward. Liv, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it.
2: Thanks for having me, Jack.
0: The latest business news delivered daily. Subscribe and rate the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. For all the latest business news, visit businessnews.com.au.